welcome to the Really Truly Music podcast. My name is Ricky and today I'm with Kyle. How are you doing, Kyle? I am great. Thank you very much. Now go! So this is our second feature length episode and we are without Dan today, unfortunately. He's uh, fallen ill, so um, but he will be back with us next time and probably on a review episode in between so before we actually get fully started just a couple of housekeeping things uh first of all thanks to everyone who has listened so far and we've had a couple of bits of feedback which uh, i did want to talk about but first of all just as a a scheduling note we're going to be doing the feature length episode which is this and that will be released every two weeks on a sunday and then our review episodes will be released every week on a Wednesday because they're generally shorter. Um, As for who's on each episode, normally it'll be all three of us on the feature length one. Obviously today Dan's not here, but that was just a a one-off. And on the reviews, it will be a combination of us, just depending on whoever's available and whoever's listened to whatever we're going to review. And we'll probably do some other episodes as well on other stuff eventually, but we try not to bite off too much. at this stage but yeah so the the feedback that we got um a lot of it's been really positive uh one person in particular was said to me that this is the exact podcast that he's wanted to hear which is really cool um so yeah clearly there's a market out there for people that yeah. just want to listen to us talk about anything like that comes into our head music wise um the other bit i got was um someone said that they would have liked to have heard more about why sh- why they should sort of believe what we're saying and maybe give us more backstory as to our experience and things. So first of all, it's tricky because I don't think anyone should believe what we're saying. <laughs> because we're, take, it, just take it all with a pinch of salt. Yeah, because as we said in the first episode, we're not experts. We just like music and have had some sort of experience in music that has led us to want to sort of talk about it and and things but yeah I would no in no means say I'm an expert and I'm sure there's stuff I've said in the episodes we've done so far where people are probably like what no he's talking talking rubbish (laughs) um but since Dan not being on this episode has changed the plan a little bit already I I thought a a good topic might just be to talk about what got us into making music because both of us have written music at some stage in our lives and maybe some parts more so than others And um, I guess, yeah, that's probably quite a good blanket question to ask and could keep us occupied for quite a while. So, yeah, what what got you into sort of writing music, Carl? Well, if we're going from the very start, it's going to be a a nice little origin story for me (laughs) me here. So um, so my mum was a piano teacher, um, quite into music. I think she taught my sister to like quite a high grade, I think grade six, Um, me being a kid. I was just like, Psh, I'm not interested in that. Like, if if I can't do it in, a, if I can't learn it and master it in a day, then I've I've kind of got no time for that. And I was and I was too busy taking my bikes off jumps and uh, playing Xbox to <laughs> really worry too much about that. Um, and it wasn't until I went to secondary school, or I guess it would be you know grammar school, I ended up falling in with the crowd known as the the Grungers. Oh yeah, and yeah. there was quite a few people there who wanted to start bands. Obviously, everyone played guitar. Um, it everyone was a, wants to be a, a handful guitarist. of drummers. Yeah, and uh, it just happened to be the people that I made friends with in my in my in my form. 
um they said like we we need a bassist for our band um do you want to play bass for us and i'm like okay cool and i think i went around his house and he showed me a few stuff on his on his bass and i'm like yes this is actually pretty pretty cool obviously being like 12 or 13 you're quite impressionable um for any kind of new stuff so i managed to convince uh, my parents to buy me a um i think it was like a 100 pound encore bass yeah um which came with a 10 watt practice amp (laughs) (laughs) i got i I basically got the guitar equivalent of that yeah. yeah um and then I'd say from that, obviously, I kind of started to learn bass, but it was uh, back in the day, obviously, there was limited things on YouTube. Um, but you have these wonderful things called tabs, which you would just kind of hammer away at until you sound, until it kind of sounded right and you had the right rhythm and that kind of thing. Um, I think by that point, I think I understood some sheet music, but that definitely wasn't anything that I was going to use anytime soon. Um, so, yeah, started kind of playing bass in bands at school, that kind of thing. And then it, um, I think I remember going around a friend's house who, you know, you have those friends and they have like an older brother that's just like the coolest person on earth. Like I, I never had an, an older brother. I think your, your older brother was probably that person to quite a few people too. Um, but, um, we used to go around there. We always had like the latest games. He always had like a, like a LAN party set up and yeah, like, yeah. that kind of thing. And, and, and he was actually one of my mom's pupils. Um, so he was on the piano at my, at my house back then um and i remember going around there and he had um he, he was just oh do you guys want to check out a song that i'm making and i was just like well, that sounds cool yeah yeah of course um and he had like a a cracked copy of cubase sx3 okay um yeah. and just hey he's made some kind of like drum loop and was just popping simpson he had like a keyboard set up and a guitar plugged in and i was just like that is the coolest shit that i've ever seen yeah. in my entire life and i'm like i want to know how to do that and i think with with within like a week he'd burnt me off a cd remember, remember remember when that was a thing burning off cds oh yeah i did that all the time <laughs> yeah, yeah i loved it and, um, <laughs> and yeah uh, with um cubase on it um all instructions that i'm that i'm gonna need <clears throat> and yeah i think i'm getting it installed getting the uh kind of i think at that point i didn't have an audio interface probably because i didn't know what an audio interface was so i ended up getting from what was that music shop in sittenborn Oh, uh, um, Sway, Swayed Music, was it? Swales. Yeah, I always yeah, want to say it was Swale because that makes sense, but it wasn't. It was Swale Sounds, I don't know, yeah. but um, Yeah, something like that. And I remember going in there and getting an adapter from a quarter-inch jack to a 3.5mm jack that I plugged in into my line-in input on the back of my <laughs> computer. It sounded like <laughs> it, was, it did not sound great. Yeah. But then that was when I started experimenting with like sequencing and again back then there wasn't really any any guidance on what to do if you're just given a piece of software yeah and like a really basic oh well i know what record does because you know i've got like a tape player and i know what play does and you can kind of work out and it's quite you know i'd love it was quite intuitive but in terms of things like the plugins like it was just a case of experimenting really like you're like flange like what (laughs) what's that and then you kind of just put it on something and you're like wow that's cool I'm never going to use that, but that's cool. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and you kind of go through and you kind of gradually pick things up. And I remember like making my first few songs and I think it's the first time, not to go too deep here, it's the first time in my life I'm just like, wow, I've actually taught myself something, I've accomplished something and I've created something and I've got like a, essentially a bit of me. For sure. Like yeah, a, yeah. a bit of art that, re- that represents me. And I, I remember getting so addicted to that process Yeah. of like, trying something new and i'm sure you know probably more than anyone you just kind of hammer away at different things you don't know at that age you don't really know really what you're doing or that 
early on you don't know what you're doing but you think well that sounds cool yeah and you're like and i'm i'm gonna use that and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna like say my kind of music theory back then wasn't great it was just more how does this note sound underneath that note bad how does this note sound oh that's cool and then from this note to this note that sounds really cool I, you know like i kind of approached music from that way first i had a very basic understanding of music theory but then it kind of not got thrown out the window but as long as it sounds good to you i you know i i wasn't really that fussed about what rules that i was breaking yeah no exactly um it's funny because i i still work like that i think musically like i do know or i think i did know a lot more music theory but it's very scientific i guess in a lot of yeah. ways like and I, I my brain doesn't work that way um i mean i guess i'll talk a little bit more about sort of my my side mm, of it sure. but but um before i do so since we're on this point i did uh guitar lessons and i did the i ended up doing the um uh what you call it the grades yeah and obviously with the grades you need to learn particular scales and and then i got to i think i got to grade six and then just stopped um and it was all getting a bit complicated uh with like modes and there's oh i still don't understand modes i just know that they sound wrong (laughs) yeah (laughs) they're just basically scales that don't sound right yeah and Um, and 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 there's some that's just they just get used like oh you know we're like um scoring this film but part of it's set in this country and there's someone like there's a mode for that yeah. and then it immediately just sounds like a like that country and it's associated with that with that country that's to me in music most of the time it's someone's going hey let's just do an egyptian song and i don't know what, what we, we if you've got like dorian and lydian and- yeah it's one of those <laughs> um i know exactly what you mean there is one that sounds very egyptian yeah, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah but yeah so i, I um and then yeah eve but nowadays when it comes to making music it's still a case of oh that sounds good oh no no that doesn't like uh, there's no sort of there is a bit of theory that goes behind it because i do know uh, what sort of scale i'm working with and i sort of from just from muscle memory and i think from visual yeah. memory i know what chords um like on a guitar or on a piano sort of sound good um but yeah it's still very much trial and error in terms of what, no, of course, what yeah. works i think i think we actually automatically go to the same scale if we're playing on, on keyboard which would be c, c minor. minor yeah because i th- i think every time we've sent tracks over to each other i start to jam out immediately in like c minor c, yeah like, i don't know what it is I'm like, it, yeah. it's not like it's not as if it's the easiest scale because it's no, got a few yeah. black keys in there but there's something about it I'd, if seriously if i was to go up to a piano and play any chord like the first thing i'll play is a c minor like without yeah, doubt. no too I'd, yeah I'd, 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 I'd play a um my go-to like just hands naturally sit on like a C C minor seven. Yeah, yeah. For, I think for some reason, mine's like a C minor, but with like the D in there or something. I can't remember. Ooh, but yeah, sus, the, sus it's, two. Yeah, it's like a C yeah. minor sus two. Something. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. in terms of the actual, you know, the official names for it. Yeah, I don't really know. Project, I have, I have, I have no clue. I just guess. It is, I... it is funny though <laughs> when when you're working in like if I'm working in Logic, for example, and I'm playing chords. I I have generally try and add loads of notes in just to, I, yeah. <laughs> but it's funny when Logic tries to tell you what chord it is, and it's like a C sharp minor sus four diminished. It's like, add nine, add thirteen. Yeah. Add 15. <laughs> it's like, what have I done? <laughs> it sounds wrong. Yeah. So yeah, I, I in terms of starting to learn an instrument, I used to play keyboard when I was a kid. Um, yeah. I was basically forced, really. Like I didn't really <laughs> enjoy it. 
Um, I'm obviously very grateful now because it yeah. sort of started everything off. Um, so I used to go to keyboard lessons. This is when I used to live up north. Um, yeah, and then and then when I was for my 11th birthday, I wanted to learn drums because, mm. um, yeah, I always just saw drum kits and just wanted to hit things. And I think I've got this general, <laughs> <laughs> this natural uh, things. I do play a bit of drums and I never taught myself really. Like I obviously got better with practice but i i always could pick up a drum kit and play a simple beat like i don't remember not being able to yeah so that's i guess that's something quite natural to me um but i wasn't allowed a drum kit uh as a kid because mm. they're too loud that thing the thing you say about um being able to naturally just kind of pick up a you know pick up sticks and be able to play drums i i do honestly think a lot of that comes from did you did you skateboard before that? Yes. Yeah. Well, about the same sort of time. Yeah. Yeah. Because I I think there's lots of things in my life that I think is just kind of all comes down to coordinating your kind of all your limbs at the same time, um, which to me was skateboarding. Um, if I didn't do that, I I, I think even learning to drive. You know, if if you've done some kind of uh, sport involves that kind of much coordination in your limbs. I think driving is just a bit easy because you're used to telling all your limbs to doing something different at, at, at the same time. And that's the hardest bit of driving. Once you've got that down, it's easy, isn't it? But yeah, same yeah. with skateboarding. I, I could always, I could always like go along on a skateboard. Obviously, hmm. learning tricks and stuff was took practice. But yeah, I, I could always get on a skateboard and um, just you know ride along on it quite easily. And it's the same yeah. with drums. Um, but yeah, I was never allowed a drum kit, um, so I begrudgingly got a guitar instead, um, <laughs> an electric guitar. And it was, yeah, it was on my 11th birthday, I got this black Encore, <laughs> nice. like 90-pound guitar with a little practice amp. And yeah. Um, yeah, and basically started learning. I What's funny is I when I first picked up a guitar, I picked it up the wrong way. Um, oh, right, yeah. So I was left-handed. Uh Jimi Hendrix style. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I was told I picked it up the wrong way. So um, I flipped it around the other way. And then I started playing with my thumb, like only my thumb. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I went to my first guitar lesson like that with just my thumb on the guitar. And he was like, right, you need to, we need to change this. <laughs> this is a mess. <laughs> um, but then I left that guitar lesson, that very first guitar lesson, being able to play Wonderwall. So oh, I nice, picked it yeah. up really quickly. Yeah, even though like I using fingers was bizarre to me. Like it felt, I don't know. I, I guess I was quite a quick learner in that respect. Um, and then, yeah, I learned guitar for a while, played in a few bands at school. Yep. And yeah, but then it wasn't really until maybe I was 15, 16, you know, maybe a bit earlier, but anyway, around that age where I started recording stuff. Yeah. And my recording like process back then or not even process but the the what I had to work with uh quite when I look back on it it was ridiculous I, I basically I had audacity which is a free <laughs> if anyone doesn't know it's a free recording software that like you can just download and and record into on my computer or it was the house computer back then because uh, yeah. apparently the house needed a computer which in the computer room in the well. computer room but yeah <laughs> i was the only one that used it <laughs> um and i had funnily enough how i recorded was with a guitar hero microphone um, oh sure okay. yeah so i had guitar hero the one where you got the mic and the drums uh, yeah and it was yeah it actually worked as a microphone it was like a usb thing but it was awful like the quality was was dreadful 
But yeah, and I just recorded some guitar parts. By that point, I'd had got an electric drum kit um, for one of my birthdays, 14 yeah. for something. So the electric drum kit, I'd, I'd have to plug into an amp um, yeah. and then I'd just stick the mic in front of the amp. <laughs> it's just awful. <laughs> and really, it probably like I probably had the facility to plug the drums directly into probably the computer, in, yeah. but I just had no sort of production yeah, knowledge. But yeah, and I'd mess around with that. I'd record, I'd literally, that's all I remember doing when I came home from school. I'd just record demos of stuff. And I, yeah, I'd just name them a bunch of letters. And then... Yeah, oh yeah. Or, or I mean, honestly, like loads of my tracks are just kind of depending on what happened, either what was happening at the time or what happened during the day. Yeah, yeah. So I would associate like, oh, it was like, I don't know, like, I don't know, I could call an episode like <laughs> Squidward from Spongebob or, or something. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, it's that track from that day. <laughs> so At least that's a, bit, the day. it's a little yeah. bit more creative than just spamming like, the keyboard. But what was cool though about that was that a few years later, maybe when I was sort of 18, 19, I discovered all of these demos that I recorded and that's really fun. They're shit quality, like it's not usable at all, but just like reliving that sort of recording thing was fun. But yeah, no, I was like you and I just loved it. Um, as bad as it sounded, like in audacity, just adding layers of guitars and, and yeah. stuff and actually hearing it come together. I had no sort of production knowledge or knowledge in, it was very much guitar and drums and I would just change the settings on my amp to try and make the guitar sound like a bass. I look back on those times with like such like jealousy now. Like I, I wish I had the, the kind of my production and work ethic now. Oh, for sure. But then, but then also had the like the tenacity for like Definitely. writing new music and just not given, not given an, an F about yeah. anything, and just and just not not even having that conversation with myself in my head. Just like I'm going to make a new song today. Yeah, that's what and it was. And I'm going to have fun doing it the the entire time. That's that's what I miss the most. It was so effortless, and it was very much like it's like it's flipped. Like you say, like now I've got this production knowledge. I still don't think I'm amazing in terms of like production wise. Um, but you know, I know how the software works, and um, I've you know I've got the facility with loads of different instruments, like MIDI instruments yeah. and things. But then the drive's just gone. Like it's not gone, but I really have to build myself up and yeah. like be like, right, I'm going to do that. And even then, it doesn't necessarily like happen. Whereas back then, I'd just come home from school and just not even think about it. It would just be something I'd naturally do, like in the same way as I don't know coming home and watching telly now or yeah. you know the equivalent it, it, it was like that for me um and i i'd churn out like an album's worth of like that, yeah no. in like a it's week like, that's that's like all i do like there was a, a, a time i think when i wrote the most would be when I, I was um i was working at the co-op and i was doing three days a week yeah i was living at home still and i was doing like two till ten most days but i was getting up at like midday i was going to work and I was coming home and I was just basically then just making music from like half ten at night until like five in the morning. Yeah. And that and like and like it would it would never be. I think that's, that's, that's the problem that I have now. I probably still could have that same, uh, you know, the same kind of opportunities for kind of things to you know just kind of happen and click and me go that's an idea for a track there yeah. um but it's the fact that i i would go hours and hours and hours and hours of just trying different different things until all you know you just get that moment where you're just like oh actually that sounds cool yeah i like that definitely. and then you kind of build around that but it's just um i can't get my mindset to kind of relax enough to get to that moment anymore it, yeah it, it's 
it's tough. Time didn't feel like an issue back then, whereas now it's very much based on that. And even though I still know that I love the process of writing music, it's always trying to fit it in. And maybe that's a mindset thing and that's something that, you know, it's not a case yeah. of I, I I do have the time. I know I have the time. But, yeah, it, I guess it's other responsibilities and, and just there's something about that those teenage years where yeah. just being creative and, and and the thing is it wasn't this wasn't like my only creative outlet because I was in bands and stuff and we used to practice after school. So it was basically my entire life was was music. But it it came to a point where I was sort of writing all these demos and I didn't realise that I actually wanted to write music for myself. I know it sounds really weird. I basically just record stuff and be like, oh, that's cool, that's cool. And then one day it kind of clicked and I was like, why don't you actually record, like, why don't you actually try and write music for yourself and release it and record it? Yeah. And then, yeah, this kind of spark turned on and all these sort of rough ideas, I actually tried writing full songs um, with lyrics, which were obviously not great. I've never been good at writing lyrics, but um, yeah. And, it, and then it became a case of actually trying to refine it all. Um, but still without any sort of great, well, really any production knowledge. Um, I mm. recorded at a few local studios, um, one being yourself. Yeah. Um, but prior to that, a studio I won't mention, but their quality is dire. <laughs> I think um, I think I remember having this conversation bef- before. Are they even still? I don't op- know. But I wouldn't be. I would not be interested in the slightest. At the time, I thought it was good because I didn't know any better. And then it was only when I came to you. And then, like that, yours was like miles better than that, and I was like, Jesus! I was I was winging that so hard. Like that was at the time where I was like, this is what I really want to want to do. Kind of got the money together, got the got the stuff. Yeah. Um, but it was still like, I don't know that that was at the point where I was kind of really looking at myself and comparing myself to like. I think my problem was I was comparing myself to like professional people. Yeah. I'm thinking like, why can't I achieve those same results with like my 35 pound drum mic kit you know? yeah but i think the thing is i went through that phase as well because well basically what, what what happened is so carl's a few years older than me and i was recording uh i'd started recording my own stuff and carl you've already had some experience in sort of production uh yeah and i obviously didn't so i came to you and we recorded we used to record maybe what three tracks in a day uh, which is mad now. Yeah, I actually think, <laughs> yeah. thinking about it, yeah, I, I, think, I, I think I was quite lucky trying to think when that was. Was that after two? Yeah, that would have been like 2012, 13. I think it was before that. I think before when I that. first came to you, it was 2011 maybe. Oh, yeah. I no, think actually, it was yeah. 2011. Um, but yeah, no, I've, 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 honestly, I've still got all those tracks. Yeah. I might not yeah. have the plugins for them to sound correct. Yeah, but fair I've got I've got them all still. If if yeah. you ever wanted them, but, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think I, I was quite lucky at that time. I think my ended up um, just kind of having the house. Well, I think I was living with my dad at the yeah, time. Yeah, he was never there. The house myself <laughs> quite a lot. Yeah, it's quite weird thinking back on it now. But um, uh, but yeah, like um, yeah, I kind of, and then I think I remember making trying to make my own broadband absorbers. Yep. Um, out of uh, like rock wall and wooden fabric and stuff and then i remember like even going through the i think i'm i'm one of those people that i really like really invest myself into something like a really over a short space of time yeah and then think let's just have a go then let's just let's just let's just do it so it was like i was um you know like the the whole kind of like speaker calibration thing where you put a mic in the middle of the room and it plays like 
tones from like 20 hertz up to 20,000 yeah. hertz and it tells you what your problem areas are yeah. um I was, I was even going through all that stuff when really i should have just been focusing on just mixing just just mixing that's that's where i kind of i think that's a story of my life there is like being really focused on the last 10 percent and not actually on the 90 percent which would be recording techniques and mixing and obviously that that did come when it came down to actually trying to mix the uh, tracks but um it was still i felt like i was missing i i always felt like there was some kind of secret formula that i was missing when it came to mixing yeah the thing is i i've been a bit like you i guess in that way um so obviously after i recorded with you in 2012 i went to uni acm uh which is where i met dan yeah and did a music production degree there and what's funny is i didn't really learn much on that degree um so i learned what you were saying about the last 10 percent about calibrating your room and yeah. and like the frequency of a kick drum and and things like that but but in terms of actually being creative and learning how stuff works um and how to be creative with it i was still very much like i felt really out of my depth and to be honest production isn't really something that i would class myself as being a natural at um yeah i think i've i've got relatively good ears i think and i kind of know how i want things to sound but getting there is a different thing exactly yeah i kind of i can like it was only up until recently, like literally the last year, that I've actually started to try and A B reference tracks. Yeah. So when I'm in the final stages of my mixing, I think right, my I want my track to kind of have the same energy as this other track, and I'm kind of like bring that. Obviously, it's a professionally mixed track. Yeah. Before I do the side by side, I'm like, oh, it's not too far off. And then I'm playing them, and I'm switching in between them, and again, it's, it's that kind of like there's there's something that I'm missing. There's 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 like got to be some kind of like secret VST plugin that i don't have which is making these tracks sound amazing and they're popping and they're so big and i know exactly what you mean compression yeah. and e i think it's just all in the compression and the eq and that's like as you say that's something that they give you the theory of yeah in really small snippets when you're at college and when you're at uni and that and that kind of thing but at the end of the day unless you're sitting down with someone that's experienced yeah and they're watching you mix and they go well hang on wait why are you making that decision why why are you cutting there why why are you boosting there this this is how i do it and this is the difference between my mix and your mix that's 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 what we kind of never had yeah definitely um, definitely and there's not really any studios nearby that you, you you can really go and i mean you know from someone that you deem as i don't say credible but uh, someone with a proven track experience of mixing like they're not going to have the time to sit and show you the ropes so you either have to be like super naturally gifted at <laughs> yeah um knowing what you want from like a kick drum and the bass drum and how to get them flowing together but i i always struggle because i know it sounds bad i know what i want it to sound like but i i, I can't make those I, I can't meet those things yeah, in the middle i'm the same and and to make things clear i don't think either of us are bad like your mixes especially back in the day but bearing in mind what we what we had to work with yeah they sounded like really good they they sounded they yeah they didn't sound like top professional quality and mine have never sounded that either i feel as though we're sort of we're knowledgeable enough to know how to mix things but yeah there's that bit missing that just makes it it's kind of what i find my mixes to be like and you might agree with me is there's a lot of artists that go with this sort of lo-fi sound where it's it's meant to sound trashy. Are we talking like Scott Pilgrim versus the World original soundtrack kind of sound, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, there's a... Yeah, there's... I, I can't think of anyone else on top of my head, but 
Yeah, just really sort of trashy. Kind of like, kind of like overproduced garage rock. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. They, they, they've gone for that purposely. Um, and yeah. I feel as though with my mixes, I'm in between the two. So it's not good. It's kind of not purposefully <laughs> like trashy yeah. and, and messy and kind of like rocky or, you know, I don't know what the word is. Yeah. But yeah, it's not, it's not purposely like that. And it's not purposely really good either it's just in the middle so it just falls flat and i think you've got to be one or the other absolutely yeah i think it's one of those things like back in the day i mean if, if we go back a, a few decades here like mixes were so varied but it didn't really matter because you didn't have the ability today to queue up 10 songs from 10 different artists yeah. and play them back to back true so like our mixes i've you know like i mean i know they are like they're, they're decent because they convey everything that you need to i know with me i struggle with um getting the vocals to kind of sit right and and like my yeah. my problem is and i found this when i was doing video stuff as well re- recently was i know what i'm saying yeah so i can't tell whether i can understand what i'm saying because i know what i'm saying and i know what i'm singing and every time i've kind of put tracks out people have gone oh um yeah it's good but like, i can't hear what you're singing <laughs> it's yeah. just like yeah fair enough um independently if you listen to our music with no other reference either side of it it's it's good yeah like pr- production wise there's i think i think it's the fact that there's there's not anything wrong with it it's just not as polished and maximized as like something else like if if you were to sit if i was to sit in a room for like a year and that's all the my mixes or our mixes were all i listened to like my ears yep. would adjust and i'll just assume you know that's that sounds good music that that's what music sounds like and that's the best it can sound cuz yeah the levels were fine like there wasn't anything out of place in them but it's when you then compare it to something that's been you know professionally produced at a yeah. you know a top end studio that you notice i mean I, i'm going to assume you have but have you listened to um boniver's like f- i don't know if it was his first album i think it was either called stack zero no it was called fair long ago yes forever forever ago yeah so the story behind that was he he apparently got this is uh, was it justin yeah well done let me get the name up <laughs> jamie bring 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 that up for us <laughs> justin <laughs> Verdon, that's it justin, justin Verdon, yeah. yeah so i mean first of all I, I, I this is how obsessed that i got with him was um i think so i know this bonnie story Ver, actually but yeah it's, yeah, it's yeah fine, so, so so bonnie Ver came it came from a a show he used to watch as a kid and obviously he lived in like i don't know if the show was french canadian or whether he was french canadian or a bit of both um but i think it was yeah they always used to say bonnie Ver, which means good winter okay in french cool. i always wondered actually what that meant and how to pronounce it as well. Oh, I'm probably butchering it. So if there's anyone that uh, can speak French is listening, then please correct us. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. So the yeah, story behind that, I'm sure you you probably know it. Um, but was it he ended up getting really sick and ended up kind of isolating himself, was having a bad time with a lot of things, especially um, being creative. And he like um, went into like a lodge with like a tape recorder or something and his guitar yeah and just stayed in there and just cracked out that album i love that and i mean if you is one of the best albums ever (laughs) if you um if you if you break that down mix wise it's not good but it doesn't matter no because the songs there and and the songs are solid and 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 they're from the heart like it's one of the things like it it can be i would rather listen to a great song that is recorded in a garage than oh for sure than a a bad song that's produced by like someone famous like yeah. um 
it's one of those things that I, I'm, and I'm going off on a bit on a bit of a tangent here, but even though I'm someone that produces predominantly electronic music, when I listen to, I don't want to put it all into one genre, but when I listen to rock, you know, anything with live yeah. instruments, I would rather listen to a real drum kit than yeah. something with um, sampled and replaced in, in low kicks and snares and yeah because i think the whole point of a band is to have that kind of live energy there and i think you 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 want to try and capture as much of that as possible yeah into the performance and then put it out into the record yeah like i don't want to hear like i would i, I would rather hear something be slightly offbeat to remind me that oh it's actually like a real human here yeah, that's playing yeah. these drums and putting everything into it rather than like a well that doesn't quite fit the mix so um we so we're gonna put these tri- as it triggered yeah that's how i feel and that's yeah. what they and that's what they, that's they, what they uh, do. use <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah I, I mean it completely puts me off songs i think it can I just think, it can it can drain the life out of songs definitely and there's a few yeah. bands that i've i've listened to over the years um that clearly do it it's kind of in their style um yeah. and i've gone off them yeah i've just kind of it's not that i don't like them but i choose not to listen to them because i can tell how overly processed the drums are in terms of yeah. being, you know, replaced with, um, with you know, samples and, and the guitars. Yeah. Some of the guitars, you can tell when they're not recording guitars through amps and they're going into some, like, digital box of some yeah. sort or um, and then processed through the computer. And that's fine, you know, that is a way of doing it. But for me, and clearly for you, um, that little sort of realism you get with the natural sound of drums and an actual yep. amp being recorded through a microphone or whatever is just makes the difference. Yeah. Oh, and it's, it's one of the things as well when, um, breaths. Yeah. Before singing. So it wasn't until, I mean, I've, I've listened to him in over a decade now, but like Muse, right? So yeah. is it was name Matt Bellamy? Yeah. Um, so he, he was, he was one of the first bands that I, it kind of came to my attention. I was like, oh, like he's, he, you, you can, you can hear the breaths. Yeah. And that really, I think adds to the, um, like the power of the performance because it isn't just like oh this dude's just singing it's like oh he's he's putting 110 percent into this performance and you can and, and he's really selling what he's what he's doing definitely yeah and actually in in his a lot of his vocals are slightly distorted as well so the breath sounds more sort of forceful i guess and it adds to the more directness and and i guess emotion of of the of the vocals and um, actually, I was recording a song myself a couple of years ago, and I put my own voice through a distortion unit or plugin, yeah. and I found myself breathing more, like breathing yeah. in more, like <laughs> because I love the sound of it. It sounds so like yeah. aggressive, but in a good way. I think I think that's the important thing. I mean, that's the thing that I know I've struggled with in the past when recording my own vocals. Is that it's one of the last things that I do. So I treat it as like a melody line, as if it was another synth or a percussion. Yeah instrument and i kind of like forget that it's like the most human part of the song that i think like 90 percent of like people listen to music they they relate to the lyric that that's something that i really struggle to to understand because I, I, I don't know if it's just being someone who makes music and produces it um, but you end up becoming quite methodical and quite mathematical about every, every everything like i could i could tell you how like the the drums go how how the bass goes i could probably like I could probably tap out the tempo to like any song that I know and probably be quite close. But if you if if you said to me, Kyle, what's the um what's the lyrics in one of your favourite songs? Can I, I don't even know the lyrics to my own songs. That's how like 
I can I, I, I can give you the whole melody yeah. of the song be like bang on time, but I wouldn't be able to tell you what the chorus is. No, I'm I'm exactly the same. Um lyrics is again for me the, the vocals are the last thing I do. Um and it's it's a bad habit, I think. It's not a good yeah. thing. Um because I'm very much, yeah, I write the song and then I go, right, this needs vocals. And the things I don't yeah. I don't like writing instrumental music either, because I don't really like listening to it. Um, when I listen to instrumental music, I mean, there are some songs that are instrumental that I like, but as a rule, um, I mean, post-rock as a genre is basically sort of atmospheric rock or ambient rock yeah. music without any vocals. And all those bands that I listen to that are in that genre, a lot of the time I'm like, this is good, but I prefer it with vocals. But then I'm exactly like, I kind of write the music first and it, I, it, it's like a post-rock song. It's not, it's not the same genre, but... And then I'm like, oh, yeah, now I've got to do the vocals. But I know I want yeah. to do them, but it's it feels like a bit of a chore. Um, and Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm the same because a lot of people, yeah, loads of people, people, friends that I know relate to the lyrics in a song, especially the ones that aren't big into music. And it's very rare for me that the lyrics in a song is what makes me like the song. There are some instances where that is the case. And in fact, recently there's there's been a couple of songs where I've really liked the lyrics in it. But I think that's almost like the icing on the cake. The, the music has to be good first. And what draws me into a song is very much like the melodies and the, what the other instruments yeah. are doing first. It, it kind of really kind of hit me when I was writing music and I was so lacking on the vocal front. I was so excited to put a song out yeah for the first few years i mean i think even up until recently i would write a chorus and a verse and i'll get burnt out yeah yeah i was like i can't i can't possibly think of anything else that can go here that's gonna work and then when i was playing stuff out live i, I was writing stuff so quickly and had to kind of do it live that i don't know i'm sure you are well aware of this but i would, I would just do the same thing twice or just ad-lib stuff when i'm on stage it wouldn't make any sense because 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 that's how little the lyrics meant to me yeah but it wasn't until people would ask me like you know kyle like what does um what does this verse mean here? <laughs> like, what do you, what do you mean? But I'm, I'm, I'm just going through my lyrics now. This is like, I've got like a, a dump of old slash recent ish lyrics. I think they got better recently, like in like the last year. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, this is, this is still recently. Um, I'm going to read it like a bit, like Go a for it, yeah. spoken word poem here. Um, so how, how recent is this? Sorry. Oh, this is in the last year. This is, um, so laser beams and trip mines. They are such good friends of mine. I get told I'm not discreet, like a bazooka right to the feet. And if someone asks me, like, Kyle, what does that actually mean? Like, I, I could probably give some kind of, I could make up, you know, like when an English teacher is kind of like, yeah. oh, what, what does this mean here? And you're just like, uh, and I, I think I think in that situation, all they're looking for is just an interpretation yeah. that you can kind of understand where they're coming from and expand on it, mm. which when you're at school, it's just like, well the carpet's blue because the carpet's blue yeah curtains are blue because they're blue and it's actually well it's actually because she's she's sad she's sad and this uh this this room that she's in is metaphorical and she, you know she, yeah. well that's the yeah. thing like lyrics are these they're so creative and and they're meant to be all poetic and i can't yeah. deal with all that bullshit at the same time i think so i, I like mean you know, what what i've done here is i've kind of had rough ideas i've had i've written maybe a sentence i'm thinking that's quite like clever mm. and i'll end up building the whole thing around that and then it's just either like does it rhyme yep that can go in does it kind of make sense yep 
And I just pick out like key words. Like I've obviously got like laser beams and trip mines. I've got the word bazooka. Yeah. I've got pro- uh, proximity in there in an, in, a, in, a, in another verse because proximity mines. Yeah. Yeah. Probably playing quite a lot. I think I was playing Call Duty around this time. <laughs> and then it, and then it ends with um, I've got a twelve gauge heart. You've got a head start. You know. That's cool. <laughs> like, I actually really like that. I like that. There's a running theme for it though. Like that's cool because you could have easily just like ignored that and just had one line in there, which which is still fine. But yeah, there's there's clearly thought behind it now my question to you is is this was this written then to some music you'd already created this was the this was the final step which i put off for months and it is like with every other song yeah, yeah. it's just like i've done the song and i get to that final five percent well that, again that's how little the lyrics are to me it's like oh it's just five percent of the track like that's not the bit that i'm that i'm concerned yeah. about um and yeah, I put it off and I put it off and I put it off and I keep making excuses. I'm like, oh, you know, I can't record it at home because neighbours and the shop downstairs and it's not something that I can do with other people in the house. I mean, what I did last time, what song was it? Um, most recent one I put out, uh, it's gone. I'll find it. We'll link it in the thing okay. at the end. But like, I, I literally, I was just, I was just so sick of myself from putting it off. I got my, I got my laptop. I brought an audio in, interface. I had like a karaoke mic that I got, kind of a similar situation to your um, <laughs> Guitar Hero mic. And I got in my car and I drove around Sittingbourne and I pulled over on the side of the road in like a little ditch, yeah. turned all my lights off, just had the glow of my laptop lighting me up and just recorded the vocals screaming into That's the mic. That's such a cool idea. Um, the mic let me down. Um, yeah, sure. But... I, I think in terms of the results and the, the song's quite busy anyway, so it's kind of, it's it's all kind of hidden, all the um, content that I've recorded, they're all kind of hidden in the mix. Yeah. And I managed to get rid of a lot of the hiss and stuff. Did you like distort it or something as well to get rid of? Everything that I do, I put a, a little bit of saturation yeah. on it. I, I've started just, to do just that. Just because it adds that, yeah. adds that top end and it makes it a little bit more Sizzly, yeah. aggressive. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, again, it's just, I, I think most of the songs that I've got, like they're not even incomplete things anymore. They're 90% and it's just all waiting on lyrics yeah. and vocals. But I think it's one of those things being a, a songwriter in a creative like like that is you're quite lucky because for most of the process you can just stick he- stick headphones on mm-hmm. and you haven't got to show anyone and you can do your own thing and you can worry about it but the second you're like okay now i've got to do something outwards and record vocals and it's it's not even like you 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 know exactly what you're going to do here and then you're going to record it and it's perfect it's like i don't know what i'm doing can i can i even hit those notes mm-hmm. how's that going to sound in falsetto out of falsetto and it's something that's quite personal like obviously people have trouble singing in public yeah yeah but I, I think that's not so bad because you're prepared before that point. Mm. I think it's the kind of like, I don't know, being in like a family home and wanting to. And then, because I, I, I remember the embarrassment of like recording stuff at home for the first time, like doing vocals, not even really thinking about it. Yeah. And then like the living room was downstairs in that house. I remember my dad yeah, yeah. coming up and basically just like taking a piss. Oh yeah, I've had that as well. And then, and then that was me just kind of like, well, I don't want to do this yeah. anymore. And it put such a, such a setback on, not that I would have had an amazing music career anyway but i feel like just in terms of confidence and my abilities and just even surpassing that like i felt like i got a massive hit of confidence because it, it, it was the first thing in my in my life that i was just like i want to do this yeah and i'm enjoying it and i think it could go somewhere yeah and then to be like oh, oh yeah we can hear you singing from downstairs oh, oh, oh. it's just like little kind of jibes and comments like, like that just and it's such a personal thing um yeah that yeah i remember a few years ago i i was recording a track that was being mixed at another studio and I just needed to do one line of backing vocals but it was like ours and I'm not very comfortable at 
making noises with my mouth that aren't words, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and I was doing it and I, was, I knew my, my parents were in the other room, but I still had to sort of, I couldn't do it quietly because it was quite a loud part of the song. So I was kind yeah. of trying to do it quietly, but also loud enough to record. And my yeah. pitch was all over the place because I, I wasn't even focusing on my singing. I was just thinking, they can hear me, they can hear me, they can hear me. And yeah, I got yeah. a bad comment and it, it does put you off, yeah. especially with vocals for me. It's the one thing I know I'm not great at, um, not just the lyric writing, but the singing side of things. I think mm. the rest of the music, whether I'm good at it or not, is is beside the point. But I'm confident that what I can make, I'm happy with. Yeah. But with the vocals, that's a different story. I think that's the thing that everyone can pick out a bad singer, yeah. but not everyone can pick out a bad songwriter. Because the thing about songwriting is you could just do a three chord song put it in the charts exactly. it's no different to anything else and people go well that's that's really good because that's what i'm used to yeah i'm used to hearing those same three four chords it's it's hard to mess that part up yeah as you say like most mo- most people that's what i struggle to relate to is just the vocal line and the vocals and the lyrics which i there is such a focus on the vocals that yeah you you can be as ridiculously and stupidly creative as as you want i remember a few years ago i found on Bandcamp. Uh, an EP that was released by, I don't know if it was a guy, it must have been a guy because there can't be four people or a band that are behind this. It was literally white noise. Like that's what it was. <laughs> it was four tracks of different white noises, but they were named, they weren't named white noise. They were named like songs. Yeah. And it was like, people were buying this. People like it. Like they were being supported. And it's like, no one's going to knock you for that. Yeah. But someone might be like, well, what's the point? Like me, for example. But you know, as soon as it's a bad vocal or a funny vocal that, that links directly to you and not like a yeah. sound on the album, like it comes from physically w- within you yeah. and then someone goes, that shit, you're like, ouch. <laughs> I think, honestly, I think that's where I gained most of my confidence in my adult life was throwing myself into those situations, not thinking about it, just throwing myself mm. in, go like, um, I remember my first C- uh, CDH gig, um, which for anyone who doesn't know, Caught the Handed was my, well, still is really my pseudonym for me doing electronic music, um, shouting into auto-tune, singing quite loudly. I think I always used to class it as electro-punk, but I don't know. I think that's a good way of describing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I, I think I remember I was making music quite a bit so when I was at college and I decided just to ask, can I book out one of the practice rooms and I borrowed a mic and I had like my little audio interface and I just re- recorded my own vocals for the like the first time ever properly and obviously I chucked some autotune on it and I was like I was so excited by that I just took that energy and just I just started booking gigs like it, it was it was just like please can I come and play at your venue this is my music I think obviously I think I've recorded three tracks yeah. off that that I just put on online and people just like hey that's kind of cool and this is at the same time that dubstep was like becoming a thing yeah, yeah. not that any of my track was dubstep i just had um you know that thing that i do and a lot of people do where they put the, the bit crusher over like a filtered synth I, and yeah. they open it up and it kind of it kind of sounds like a person talking but all distorting it's like yeah you know like that yeah. um i did that on and i still do that on every single one of my tracks now every single one of my tracks <laughs> has a bit crusher on it yeah yeah it sounds cool as shit yeah. <laughs> um, but um yeah and I, I, I took the energy started booking gigs and then i had like some really really good feedback because i think it was something that no one had ever heard and i thought like it was kind of like quite addicting because that was something that I kind of had no real big outside influences in terms of other music. Obviously there, there were kind of some things which I was like, I, I want to try and emulate how that simp sounds or, you know, yeah. 
but at the end of the day, it was the music that I wanted to make, and this music was me. And it, and it, I know people say it, but like this, it was my baby. And I'm like, this is 100% me. Yeah. And to get good feedback on that was just like that. That that was the confidence that I needed. It's the best feeling in the world. Someone like genuinely saying this is really good to something that you made. What's cool with your stuff actually was, yeah, you you sort of had the capacity to take your music and play it live like it was it was basically you you know you in a laptop and yeah. some maybe a, a synth or two and that filter thing that you have and then yeah like you could perform like a really cool gig and I, I guess I never I never had that experience my experience with gigs was more acoustic if I was playing by myself it was acoustic stuff yeah and to be honest I don't like acoustic music really <laughs> it's, I just I think acoustic versions of song and this is just my opinion because you know there's there's clearly yeah. a market for it but I find a lot of them are just kind of a way to it's like let's make something slow and depressing for the sake of it you know not every song <laughs> yeah. but a lot of them especially covers yeah, I mean, of, I mean, of songs and it's like this song didn't need to be slow it didn't need do you know to, what yeah. do you know what? I can talk about this for an entire hour so I I think we should do <laughs> this for the next video I, I've yeah. got I've got a lot to say on on cover songs and acoustic versions okay and yeah, we'll save that but yeah honestly <laughs> <laughs> I think we probably have the same the same opinion then yeah but I mean so the thing that you're saying about um kind of you know, like any kind of parents or parental figure that you've got that kind of gives you that kind of like don't quite understand what what, what you're doing they're just like huh, why is why is my son making weird noises yeah. you know <laughs> me being a dad and not really having creative parents and having to kind of teach myself how to be creative i think with them um, with jack my boy it's just kind of like i'm giving him obviously he's he's five so there's only so much that i can do but like for some of his homework yeah he's he's five and he has homework that's right? mad um but it's to like make songs not expecting people just to like film it on phones no i've I, I got him sat down i have to find the video yeah um i got him sat down and basically we kind of worked on a track together and by that i, I mean i just created a backing track and i was like does that sound cool he's like yeah <laughs> um and then i got him to like do a solo on one of these songs yeah and I basically just sat him down, had the keyboard, and I was just like, only touch the white notes, go nuts. And was literally just like, you know, tapping away. And obviously then I I kind of put like, um, I made it like a, a mono synth, so it would only do one note at a time. So it sounds like he was playing like fire. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, and then I quantized it a little tiny bit. But um, yeah. it's those things that, you know, it's, it's, it's about having, having those tools available. Obviously, I'm not going to make him make music when he grows up, but I just want him to know that, he has everything's here ready and I'll, and I'll support him if he wants to do that which i didn't really have it was just it was like okay fine well oh, oh fine i guess we'll buy you a base and that's kind of as far as it went yeah, yeah. and then it always boiled down to if they had friends over it's like oh why don't you come down and show everyone your base and play your base and it was more of like a showing off like oh look at what my kid can do my kid can do this rather than a wow that like being genuinely interested in what i was doing and not that i'd expected them to understand the music that i was making because it was quite avant-garde yeah. compared to what they we're used to. Yeah. Um, my dad used to listen to my dad used to, listen to Bob Dylan. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many people I'm going to upset here, but the motions behind it and everything great and everything he stands for and that kind of movement. But I cannot stand <laughs> any of his songs. The closest thing I've come to. We should do like a <laughs> controversial episode where we just hate <laughs> on everything that people like. <laughs> I think I think the the closest I've come to liking Bob Dylan is um, obviously I had like all the Rage Against the Machine albums oh yeah they did um and maggie's they did farm? Maggie, yeah maggie's farm and i remember playing it I, I, I was like you know when you get like an album and you, and you get 
your guitar or your bass and you get the tabs up and you just play along to the whole album it's kind of you yeah. know just just for kind of fun i had maggie's farm blaring out and i was playing along to that and my dad came in he's like that's bob dylan and i was just like pause and i'm like never again no. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny i think that's that's really cool because i i can 100 percent relate to your experience and i've never been like discouraged from it you know sort of directly but i guess yeah people's attitude around me not really showing much interest i don't want to sound ungrateful because i'm 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 not like mad or or sad about this at all it's just the way it was um i i lost motivation because it almost felt like and it was never said but it almost did feel like for me it was like okay this is your hobby now do something proper you know um absolutely and yeah, to the fact that you've already got a musical background and you can teach Jack, you know, A, that it's it's encouraged for you to do this creative stuff yeah. and B, to, like, teach him some of it as well if he's interested. That's, yeah, if I ever become a dad, you know, that's probably the one thing I'm most excited for is to be like, right, this is how you play guitar. And if they don't care, then fine. But at least don't I try. Care, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the things like as, as like an adult and you're trying to figure yourself out in the world, you can look back on that and be like, actually my dad was pretty, was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, not cool. Like, wow, my dad plays basically like, but actually kind of gave you all the tools to kind of just like the tools to be creative. Just like, I'm, I'm trying to focus on things like, uh, like I had, I don't know whether you did, but did you have connects? growing yes, up yes yeah i did yeah because it yeah. was just okay it was it was like lego but cooler yep there you go controversial yeah, yeah. is better than lego i agree i am um, just just a, just a tangent off even further I, I picked up some like secondhand stuff from recently from some like grandmother whose grandkids had moved on from connects to lego and i just looked oh, and i'm like depressing. okay yeah. moving on to lego right <laughs> i used to um I used to love Robot Wars as a kid. Oh my god, yeah! And that's basically all I did with Connects was make robots yep. and fight them against each other. And you had to make them like as strong as possible, and like put like a yep. um, a flipper on the front and stuff, or a hammer, and like you know, oh, oh it was yeah. So but I mean, yeah, it was it was just it was just that it was just that creative process yeah. of just like, I mean, I used to watch um, Scrappy Challenge. Yeah, I love that as well. And I would watch that, and I'd have my Connects there, and I'd be like, "Cool, I'm after this show, I'm going to try and build." my own version of what they were trying to do yeah um and the same with robot wars i see this thing with my with my friends where we'd create cars to just go like three two one and smash into each other from across the room yeah and it was like a like a test of strength of like whose whose wheels would break off first yeah and i know it sounds that's not really beneficial to real life when you look at it to like actual work but i think it's like like the problem solving and the creativity i think is just as important for an adult as like this is your time okay not okay time table is quite important but you know what i mean like the um mitochondria being the powerhouse of the cell or so you know you know it's like that kind of age if you want to be a scientist and fine but like <laughs> yeah. otherwise to round off then since we have talked about you know what got us into music what stage are you at now music wise in terms of writing or recording so me personally um it goes to stages of me completely swearing it off forever i put all my stuff in the drawer i put it in the attic um i'll go back to being a consumer of music yeah i will either see someone that's successful and their songs are terrible and i'll think no way nothing grinds my gears more than that (laughs) yeah um or or i'll hear something which kind of i mean i've got these very kind of signature sounds in my head that i don't know that i need to hear 
I, I don't know if just being older and listening to a lot of music and being quite cynical. Like, you know, when you watch a lot of scary movies, it takes something new to kind of, of course. scare you again. It's the same with music. I get so bored. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Music that I used to like, I get so bored of it now. Yeah. Um, apart from certain bands and songs and that kind of thing. But if, I mean, like, there's so many local metal bands that you can listen to before you think, oh, I'm dumb. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, and it's like, I'll, I'll kind of hear something which will spark that, that drive and that imagination again. And I'll get it all back out, all load up. Ableton, I'll start kind of jamming stuff stuff out and I, I might get halfway through a song and then other commitments and things come up and I find it hard to push myself to kind of finish that yeah. and then and then I kind of get stuck in my head where it's like, well, why am I even doing this again? I just keep getting in this cycle, you know, and it's just, that in itself is just the, the, the whole thing's a really bad cycle. But occasionally, like recently, I think, I've, I think I've done one song a year in the past two years that I've finished and put out. One of them is only like a minute and a half long or two minutes long or something, but I enjoy the process. Um, and put it out there and then just kind of would just forget about it um i wouldn't promote it after that one time yeah yeah just kind of forget about it but i think it's just more as you say it's more about making music for you in that process yeah. than it actually is getting the feedback on it because i've got different ways of getting feedback for things that i'm doing that i'm kind of happy with at the moment with like youtube and even like performance at work and stuff yeah That's exactly like yeah enough for me to hit those boxes and where, whereabouts would you say you you stand in your kind of current music so without going back too far well i'm going back a few years now but in 2014, when I just finished my degree, uh, I was like, right, I'm going to write an album. I'm, I'm going to do an album. And um, I'd already decided I wanted it to be nine songs long. I don't know where I got this inspiration from, but I thought it's going to be nine <laughs> yeah. songs. There's going to be really long songs on there. And I think I wrote the bait, the sort of the structure for three songs in like a day. And, I, and, and to be honest, I wrote like all nine of them within the space of a few months, oh, wow. um, not lyrically. Um, or you know but but the actual chords and the structure and it was all guitar based stuff back then and this I've still got them and I'm still sort of trying to finish them I, I went to I ended up losing half of it I recorded it all myself yeah ended up losing half of it um I did the what you were mentioning earlier of uh using software instruments so, uh, sorry software drums yeah but that's all I sort of had at my disposal and I, I 100% agree that real drums sound better um, but I just didn't have that capability at the time. Um, but I, yeah, I lost loads of it, redid a lot of it, went to a studio, recorded the guitars through all their nice amps and stuff and, and the yeah. bass as well. And then it got to a point of doing the vocals <laughs> and I've written the lyrics for maybe half the songs and then the other half, I just can't find the inspiration and everything I write seems to be very either too dramatic and too sort of cliche or, yeah, it was either I wanted it to sound like poetic and, and good. Yeah. But everything I seemed to write, I cringe. I, I, at the time, I thought, yeah, it's cool. And then I'd reopen it a couple of days later and I'd be like, what the fuck was I going on about? Like, I hate it. And, <laughs> and I just would wipe yeah. half of it. And I'm still sort of doing that. But my actual focus now, so all that music's under my sort of name, Aeronaut, which you'll probably know if anyone, you know, the, the 10 people that are <laughs> following it on Facebook <laughs> realise I've not posted anything in like three years but it's still very much something I do want to finish at some point because I'm still proud of those songs even though my whole writing process and like outlook on music has changed drastically in those six years so now the main thing that inspires me is kind of tv music and film music and it was at uni where I sort of realised like how much I enjoyed writing music to visuals. I realised that it was maybe a thing. And the more I've done it over the years, then the more I've kind of got better at uh, using MIDI instruments and, and 
mixing and sort of doing the more um, digital side of things as opposed to playing guitar. Yeah. Um, yeah, the more I sort of enjoyed that. So the only stuff I've really recorded lately have been little film pieces for, not for anything in particular, but I recorded a little, I found, I went on YouTube and typed in um, film scenes without music and there's barely anything up there. Um, but yeah. I found a couple of sort of student films that were the semi-decent quality. I didn't want to write over something that was like filmed on a phone or whatever and it was bad audio. Yeah. And I did a couple of bits for that. I've not put it up anywhere like publicly, um, but it was just an experiment and I enjoyed that. And then um, I've also been writing a few little pieces of music based on scenarios. Um, I put one on Facebook a, a year or so. No, it was this year actually. It was a few months ago. And it was based on this Persian princess. It's actually something uh, yeah. that Chloe's sort of working on, my girlfriend in the background. Um, okay. She does a lot of writing and it was it was sort of loosely based on one of the characters from her, what she's writing. Um, and yeah, that, I found that really fun because it was like, I'm going to do something. This has a, per- I've already got like a, I've almost got like a, a brief um, to write <laughs> to. And like I'm sort of doing it for someone else, and that kind of motivated me to do it in a way because it was like, oh yeah, yeah, it, w- it wasn't just to satisfy me. But at the same time, when I finished it, I was really, I really enjoyed doing it and found it really fun. And um, that's something I'd want to tap into more definitely. Doing music for my dream job would be writing for like TV or film, even if it was like Channel Five or you know telly shopping or whatever like to get a, <laughs> yeah. to get a song on tv you know on an advert or something would be amazing but yeah it's more like the cinematic style and, and my sort of writing i know i'm going off on one now but like my writing style has completely changed like it, for inspiration now i very rarely pick up a guitar um i'm in fact i've got a guitar behind me um acoustic and the string snapped about a year ago and i just haven't changed it I still enjoy playing guitar in a band, but yeah, now for me now it's piano or strings or synth or something like that, or even like a drum beat that gets me going. Like I just get something yeah. up in in my um, recording software. Yeah, I wouldn't really pick up a guitar anymore. So yeah, it's changed a lot, and I've accepted that you know music's not going to be my career now. Like I'm doing video, but I'm fine with that. Like I I'm fine to sort of dabble with music more sporadically and just yeah. enjoy it while I can because, yeah, the, the drive for writing loads and loads of songs is gone, but instead it might move to writing stuff for visual things or, yeah, just I still do plan to write music like album-wise and things moving forwards uh, at some point. It's just whenever the inspiration comes, really. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, that was just a... Uh, little insight i say a little insight we went off on one there about sort of our (laughs) our musical background and what got got us into music and brought us to today obviously dan wasn't with us today but he will be with us next time if you like what you hear make sure to give us a like on facebook that's um facebook.com forward slash the rtm podcast and also on instagram we are at the rtm podcast so yeah give us a, a like and a follow on there um and We will keep you up to date with uh, future content. You've been listening to the Really Truly Music Podcast. Thanks for listening and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you, everyone listening. See ya.